Social Impact CX, the podcast that helps you drive mission and make a difference with customer experience. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me for the Social Impact CX podcast. I'm John Corrigan, and I'll be your guide to how you can drive mission and achieve social impact with customer experience work. This is episode 20 of Social Impact CX, and as always, thank you for listening. Today, I'm grateful for the Lean Movement. Some of you have probably read the book Lean Startup by Eric Ries, and maybe others of you have not. The, the ideas of Lean Startup are really not just for startups, but I'd propose if you've heard about Lean, as it's referred to by those in the know, and you're intrigued and interested and want to learn more, Lean Startup is a great place to start. It's a book that will certainly help to familiarize yourself with the ideas involved in the Lean phenomenon. However, for the Social Impact CX audience, I'd like to suggest an even more targeted book. It's new as of fall of 2018 and is called Lean Impact by the author Ann Mai Chang. And by the way, Ann Mai Chang is also associated with Eric Ries and the Lean Startup Organization. I had the pleasure of meeting Ann at the Feedback Lab's annual event called Feedback Summit back in October of 2018. And her book Lean Impact was about to drop then. It's out now, and as I record this podcast, and I think, uh, I think Anne's subtitle to Lean Impact kind of says it all, How to Innovate for Radically Greater Social Good. I'm fairly confident that Anne Mai Chang would advise those of us working in the social impact sector to think big, start small, and to seek impact. And with that, if you're interested, I suggest that you check out getting a copy of Lean Impact. I know it's available on Amazon and spending some time with it, which if you find this podcast interesting, Social Impact CX, exploring Anne's book, Lean Impact, should also be a very worthwhile thing to do. Okay, so this is episode 20 of Social Impact CX, uh, the podcast, and I'd like to talk about a subject that is very near and dear to my heart, and that subject would be journey maps. Yes, customer journey maps. Even if, as we've previously discussed, you might not use the term customer, you might say beneficiary or client or member or some other descriptor for the people you're working to serve. But the idea behind a journey map certainly holds true uh, in each of those contexts. It's really important to understand the journey of the people that you're working to serve. And after several years of working in customer experience and as an executive at a major nonprofit organization, I have some very strong feelings about what should be included in a journey map that is created in a social impact environment. Let me begin by saying a picture is worth a thousand words. So your journey map should definitely produce a picture of some type, a visual representation. Now, if you start poking around and begin to do the work to educate yourself on what customer journey maps are all about, you'll find a lot of resources out there that will start by saying that a journey map is a visual representation of a customer's journey. But as soon as I hear from someone or read somewhere that a journey map is a visual representation, I always have a couple of things that I immediately check out and that I look for. Specific elements, if you will. First, unless you come from a work environment that has a strong user experience or UX influence, uh, like what's done in the technology sector with software applications, um, then it's not unusual to find that a customer journey map is actually going to be represented more like data. And while you certainly need data to put together a customer journey map, uh, I want to go back to the customer journey map 
should be visual. Uh, so if a customer journey map, when you see it, is actually more like a, a Gantt chart of data outputs, or a grid of some sort, or perhaps an up-leveled spreadsheet, maybe a chart on steroids of some type. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, if a document looking like a Gantt chart or a spreadsheet is presented as a journey map, I'd say that there is still some very important work to be done uh, to create a more effective picture. Because a journey map should indeed be visual. It should tell a story that hopefully helps you better understand someone's story so that you can help more. And by helping more, many times you're going to be conveying that story to leadership and to other organizations that you're working with. And so it's extremely important that it's visual. It kind of brings everything to life. It should bring everything to life more so than a Gantt chart would. The second concern I have when I hear that a visual representation of the customer's journey is being conveyed is prohibitive cost. When you start to research what it takes to create a journey map, um, the custom research, the software, the staff, the consultants, it may seem like that you need at least 20 grand or 50 grand or hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars to create a representative visual of the journeys taken by the people that you're working to serve. And, and now make no mistake, this is a big business. Big healthcare, big telcos, big automotive companies are commonly spending six figures and seven figures to create customer journey maps to improve customer insights so that they can build loyalty, overcome problems, and drive profits. And, and by the way, if you've got six or seven figures to do customer journey mapping work, we're living in a time like no other where the tools and methodologies and approaches to journey mapping work, they're just getting better and better. And there's some great consultants working in the space as well too. So if you have the budget, you should check out what's out there in a very rapidly developing marketplace of customer experience and customer journey mapping solutions because it really is impressive. But let's say you don't have a million bucks for journey mapping work. If you're working in a social impact environment or a nonprofit organization, or maybe you're working in a business where you, you don't have the big budget to do journey mapping work with the most advanced resources and tools in market. Uh, I'll say to you, never fear. I'm here to tell you that you can do this work for less than what the big boys are paying, and you don't have to have a million dollar budget with a team of 10 people and a bunch of consultants on, on contract to do journey mapping work. There are other approaches to journey mapping that can be much more affordable, yet still incredibly insightful and helpful in better understanding the people that you're working to serve. So let's talk about that. If you've been listening to Social Impact CX or podcast, then you know that in the first 20 episodes, I've been talking about the fundamental building blocks of doing customer experience work in a social impact or nonprofit environment, which many times means that you're doing CX work with a very limited budget. And also, I'll say from my friends in regular for-profit businesses and that lack a big budget for CX and journey mapping work, all of this works for you as well. Uh, this podcast is certainly is directed towards social impact and nonprofit work, but the value proposition here is all about how you can do customer experience work without a huge budget. And so uh, this applies to you as well, too. And so it's important to understand that journey map work, whether done for a customer or a beneficiary or client or a member or patient, whomever you're working to serve, journey map work brings together many of the foundational elements of customer experience work, what we've been talking about at Social Impact CX, research, personas, empathy, and we've certainly covered some of those key elements here in prior episodes. Um, so what do you want to consider uh, when, you, when, you, when you decide to do 
journey mapping work. First, one of the things you want to consider is how you're going to adapt for social impact considerations. What do you want to better understand or measure to improve and make a real difference for someone? Because that's part of why you're doing the journey mapping work and you're gonna to wanna to be able to measure the results here uh, on, the, on the other end, not just by profit or revenue or cost reduction or whatever. How are you gonna measure the impact that you're making? Uh, someone that you with someone that you're working to serve which may not be a paying customer or even someone making a financial transaction um, second thing to consider let's review the basics of your CX work uh, using once again our tools in the social impact CX toolbox that include cost-effective research personas that are research-based but that also incorporate your subject matter expertise uh, listening and appreciation for empathy. All those things are going to come into play here in doing journey mapping work. Um, third, this is, a, this is a newer set of content that we'll talk about in this episode, is also recognizing where and when to get some help because there's a good chance that you might not be able to do all the journey mapping work by yourself or with just your team members. And so how can you be smart about using the precious limited resources that you might have? Um, that's an important uh, consideration here as well, too. And then fourth, uh, we're going to talk about interpreting the results to help drive impact. Um, and, and that's really important as well. So before we get started on delving deeper into those four areas, I also have two points that I'd like to make about my background personally and the work that I do uh, that I think are relevant. And also I want to be perfectly transparent here. So the first point is that you know, I've been the lead customer experience executive, vice president of customer experience for a major nonprofit organization with an annual budget of over $300 million a year. Uh, during my tenure in that role, I learned a lot of things about customer experience work. And that would include creating customer journey maps in a social impact environment. I've mapped the journeys of underserved and first generation high school students preparing to go to college and the related journeys of their parents and the high school counselors working to help those underserved students. And while I did have a team of people working for me, and I did have a budget, and I did have executive support for my work, I also experienced some very real world circumstances. My team members were mostly focused on other very specific responsibilities, such as user experience work, or building and managing a customer facing application that we owned uh, that, that has served millions of people. And my customer experience budget also was under constant pressure. And I know I'm not the only CX executive that experiences that. Um, uh, constant downward pressure, um, just to be clear, on the budget. We started out with custom infield ethnography work. We were contracting with professional researchers working nationally across the U.S. on projects in different cities. And then as dollars were squeezed, we progressed to more budget-friendly and cost-effective tactics, such as remote ethnography projects, where we were connecting uh, to research participants online and then mailing out research package, uh, packets to our target audience. So even though our budget was shrinking, we never um, took our eyes off the ball that we needed to focus on research and commit to research, and that's absolutely critical. So. Um, so while I've completed work on both ends of the quote-unquote resource spectrum, uh, I've worked across well-funded budgets as well as much scrappier funding scenarios. I'll tell you, um, whether you're working in big budgets or cheap and effective slash grassroots slash guerrilla style approaches, if you will, 
I'm here to tell you that you can get valuable results on both ends of the resource spectrum. Big budgets are great, don't get me wrong, but just because you don't have deep pockets, that does not mean you can't map the journeys of the people that matter the most. You just need to be a bit scrappier and, and more thoughtful in how you approach your resources. So the second point here that I'd like to be completely transparent about is that I feel so strongly about the need for a more cost-effective way to do customer journey mapping uh, to service the needs of businesses that don't have huge CX budgets and, uh, and, and also for people working in the social impact and nonprofit sectors that I'm working on a startup company called JourneyMap to help. Um, you can check out JourneyMap if you're interested, uh, J-O-U-R-N-I-M-A-P.com. Uh, and with JourneyMap, it, you get real research-based JourneyMap deliverables um, starting at $895 to download online. Um, but this podcast is not intended to just be a commercial for JourneyMap, my startup. Instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to share with you some of the knowledge I have from doing journey mapping work in a nonprofit environment that at times was also very resource constrained. And I'll share some of the professional insights that, that I've then used to go and build an online software application like JourneyMap. Uh, in my startup, I've tried to embed what I know as a CX professional so that users don't have to be a CX expert to map the journeys of the people that they're working to serve. And that's really what JourneyMap, uh, my startup, is all about. But there's some great lessons to be learned from there, and I, I'm going to share some of those with you. I've tried to shape the experience online in JourneyMap so that you start with research. Well, actually, you start with creating a free account, which you may have uh, you may have already discovered that there's really not anything free in the world of CX work. It's all fairly expensive. So after you create a free account in JourneyMap, then you progress to ethnography-based research that's built right into the application, and that research tool is free to use also. Um, and then the results from that, which you then pay for, that leads you to an initial view or preview of a persona, and then you also get some core empathy and emotion insights, and then you also get a real journey map deliverable that's presented in a visual context right there online, mapping the ups and downs of a journey on an XY axis with the vertical axis measuring the positives or negatives that come from the stress experienced by your target audience, and then how good or bad uh, key interactions or, or touch points as they're, no, as they're known, how these interactions are perceived by the customer, empathy once again, or the customer or whomever it is that you're working to serve. Uh, and then that map goes across five phases of a journey. And so measuring the travel of good versus bad experiences and mapping that on an XY axis across a number of phases of work so that you can see visually what's happening, positive or negative, with the people you're trying to serve. That's the type of visual um, result that I'm talking about, not just a spreadsheet or a Gantt chart. So, so I'll get back to the basics of, journey, of the journey map application and some of how I created an affordable journey map solution online. But let's return to how you're going to approach this work if, by chance, you want to better understand the journeys of the people you're working to serve but you just happen to be lacking that other key ingredient of a six or seven figure budget. First, let's consider social impact adaptations. That's a really important place to start our work. What do you want to better understand or measure to improve in order to make a real difference for someone, someone that you're working to serve? And back to some of what we've talked about here at Social Impact CX, 
measuring, measuring what matters. This is really important. Many, if not most, journey maps are done to better understand a purchase decision by a paying customer. After all, customer experience work and customer journey maps pretty much originated somewhere in the universe of big business. But in a social impact scenario, the situation and your motives and objectives uh, might be quite different. Instead, you, you may be trying to better understand access to social services or applying for financial assistance or a scholarship or how someone is physically getting to a community center or a school or a health clinic or a food bank. Maybe you're curious about barriers or incentives or fears. You want to better understand where you're making a positive connection with someone. You want to understand what might be a negative circumstance that you're currently not aware of that would prevent someone from getting the help or assistance or service that you're offering. That's what journey mapping is all about. And don't get me wrong here, you can also be trying to better understand donors or others involved in a, in a financial transaction, such as a purchase. Uh, but in social impact and nonprofit scenarios, it's not always about buying something. Not everything in a social impact in social impact work is done on the basis of profitability derived from loyalty or delightful experiences. Journey maps in a social impact or nonprofit environment can be incredibly powerful tools used for gaining insights that will help you and your team help more people. But at the front end of uh, the process of committing to a journey map project, it's important to understand how you'll be adapting this idea of a customer journey map and consciously thinking through what it means to create a beneficiary journey map or a client journey map or a student journey map. Whatever makes the most sense for your particular situation, go ahead and tailor it and customize it for your work and your mission. Okay, so after adapting uh, the work for social impact, second, let, let's go ahead and review some of the basics of CX work as we've been talking about here at Social Impact CX. Because a journey map is a compilation of many of the basic methods or building blocks involved in developing a customer experience program. So I, I would suggest starting by using the tools in our Social Impact CX toolbox cost-effective research, personas that are both research-based but that also incorporate subject matter expertise, listening, and empathy. And there are prior episodes of this podcast that address each of those topics because the basics of creating a journey map that visually tells a story includes all those things. You'll need research, research that you can afford, and while you may not have a budget to deploy ethnographers to sit across the kitchen table from people in field, uh, there are ways to use research methods involving surveys or interviews that drive towards empathy-oriented findings and can get you in the neighborhood of otherwise too expensive custom ethnography. But uh, what you need to understand, as I think we covered in Episode 7 of Social Impact CX, which is all about research, is that you are committing to research. And uh, I'll say that again and again in this podcast. Um, I demonstrate that in my own startup journey map, and if I was doing custom work in a client environment, it is one of the first things that I would advocate is that we are uh, committing to research. And yes, anecdotal and observational and informal inputs can also be very valuable, but uh, real research is, is absolutely critical and foundational. Uh, those anecdotal findings can be combined with research findings, but the research is absolutely required. How you approach an affordable way to conduct your research will be one of the most important decisions you make in your journey map work. 
Uh, and I want to point out here that research is an interesting place to potentially find a partner. Um, another, this is all about being scrappy and, and thinking outside the box. Another organization with common interests or an aligned mission, as long as they're willing to commit to empathy-oriented research or full-on ethnography, a partner, a partner might be a great thing to explore. Never forget one plus one equals three when seeking cost-effective approaches. Partnering can be very powerful, and the same goes for persona development, which of course involves research, uh, and, and persona development alone can be expensive sometimes. Um, uh, and once again, it's, you, you need something more than just your anecdotal or informal inputs uh, you've observed in market. You need real research on who that persona is that represents the, um, the person you're trying to help. Um, and so a partner here could be of great benefit once again. Also, emotion research. Same, same idea. Uh, partnering would apply here as well, too. So once you've given thought to adapting journey map work for social impact and then consider the basics of a customer experience fundamentals that you're going to need, uh, many of which are going to require research. I'm going to say that one more time. This brings us to how you'll create an actual journey map. There is certainly more than one way to create a visual representation of a journey. Uh, for my startup journey map, I decided um, I settled on five phases. Uh, they start with discover, and then search, and assess, decide, and assist. Um, and those five phases cover the life cycle of an experience uh, for a specific scenario. With figuring out, you know, when someone figures out they have a problem, through sorting out what to do about that, and then making a decision and seeing what happens afterwards. And uh, that word decision I use in journey map. And I've seen it used in other social impact or nonprofit environments. In the world of for-profit business and the commercial sector, decision is purchase. And so from someone figuring out that they have a need or a want and then sorting through all the information how they're going to fulfill that need or want and then buying something and then experiencing the product or the service that follows uh, the purchase, um, that has what, that's what has come from the commercial sector and for-profit work. And uh, very easily we can adapt some of those concepts to crafting a journey in the nonprofit or social impact sector. So typically a journey, a journey map involves a sequence of at least four to six phases. Um, I'll share with you that at a conference a couple years ago, I saw a large automobile brand uh, present a journey map with 41 phases. That's, a, that's kind of extreme. Uh, on one hand, they certainly were able to drill down on unique and specific scenarios. But on the other hand, 41 phases is a bit excessive for many situations. I think especially in a social impact or nonprofit context or for-profit with a lower budget context, um, four to six phases is, is just fine. Uh, part of the reason why I settled on five phases and journey map my startup was to craft a good enough journey map solution that was complete enough, but also affordable to assemble. Uh, so you make decisions there with how many phases you feel as though you need to discreetly or uniquely um, understand. So you can check out Journey Map, the application, to uh, see how I've approached the situation, but there are also some other great resources out there for sure. Um, I was online in preparation for this episode, and I was just poking around, and I found a great article from an organization called C3, S-E-E-3, um, with the title, How Nonprofits Can Use Customer Journey Mapping. And there are certainly other resources out there as well, too. There's templates, there's how-tos, there's guidelines, there's some great examples. Um, uh, you know, you, you need to decide what's going to work for your organization and your situation. 
What's important is that you'll be working to best understand the key important important points of interaction or engagement for your beneficiary or your client or your customer. Um, and those are known as a touch point in, uh, in, in customer experience or journey mapping work. And determining where in the process that particular point of significance occurs, where the touch point occurs, and then what it means to that person who's involved. You need to first understand what it means to them and then certainly, once you have that input, uh, you can talk about what it means to your organization. But what comes first is what that touch point means to the person that is involved in the experience. Empathy, again, from their perspective. Um, th that's what's most important here. And so while there are templates out there to help you figure out journey mapping, if you have a bit of budget and if you're uh, not using a good enough or other approach, such as my startup journey map, um, uh, there, there are some other ways that you might want to map this out. And one thing that you might want to consider is that here is a great place to spend maybe a little bit of your budget if you have one. There are consultants and there are other services out there that if you have some of your core research done and you have good findings, uh, they might be able to help you uh, put together your findings to, to best understand um, what you've learned from the perspective of the customer and what their journey is all about. Um, so your third consideration in creating a journey map is really recognizing where to get some help. Uh, we're transitioning to that because there's a good chance that you might not be able to do all of it yourself or with your team. Um, uh, but if you, given that you, if you've been smart about the work you've done with the precious limited resources that you do have, here's a place where getting some help from someone who understands customer journey mapping, that might be a good place to spend some dollars. But uh, you know, if you've done your homework and you have sound research findings to contribute to the discussion, um, you've got a running chance of really being able to maximize your spend with a third party who might be able to help you interpret those findings. But once again, um, if you don't have the dollars to go hire a consultant, there are other places um, uh, of where you can turn to to possibly get some help. Uh, there are colleagues potentially in an industry group or analysts that are working in your space that if you've got findings, they may help you and uh, they may want to help you interpret them. Uh, once again, partners are really interesting concept here. Uh, and there are probably some experts in your field where if you once again take a one plus one equals three, you might be able to look at um, a collaborative effort in order to um, uh, in order to do your work in journey mapping. And you know, so if you don't have a budget, one other thing to think about is pulling together a collaborative workshop possibly with your colleagues from your organization or perhaps some others. Um, could be a combination of internal and external participants. Uh, you know, if you do the homework by compiling the research findings that you have from the work that you've done, uh, you could gather relevant examples from your industry or comparable industry sectors and organizations. Um, if There's a lot being written about journey mapping, so you might be able to find a published example from consultants that are working in a comparable space or, or your space, and then bring everyone together uh, put together that information, share it with them, uh, you lead the charge, and then put together a interesting team of people that um, um, can think through putting together a journey map, which once again, uh, collaboration. That, I know I've talked about that here at Social Impact CX, and it's just such an important concept. 
collaboration is absolutely key. You know, if you take this approach, will it be the same as if you dropped a couple hundred thousand dollars for a pilot program and journey mapping developed by expert third-party service providers? Probably not. I, I don't want to um, say otherwise. But I'll tell you, don't lose sight of the fact that that's not necessarily the point, is to replicate the fanciest, uh, slickest journey map deliverable that you've seen in market. If you think that your research findings are valid and that you've captured the voice of whomever it is that you're working to serve, putting together a team of people to collaborate and think through what are the most important touch points and then talk through a thoughtful consideration of when and how those most important engagements or touch points happen, that can be a very valuable exercise and you should feel free to take some liberties to go ahead and map those findings um, in terms of the up and down motion and what's positive, what's negative. Of course, this would look a little bit different if you had the benefit of uh, you know custom ethnography executed in field by experienced researchers, but that doesn't mean that you can't come to some pretty interesting findings by assembling this information and getting inputs and thoughts and views from others in the know that uh, could take part in a collaborative effort. I think it's something to consider. Um, which is also now leading into this fourth consideration of interpreting the results of your journey map effort uh, to drive impact. Once again, remember we started out by thinking through how we're going to adapt for social impact considerations. So is not I'm not talking about knowing the results beforehand, uh, but if you begin with the end in mind, uh, and the end in mind that you have is how are you going to make greater impact? Um, um, it's, uh, it's important that you spend some time and understand that where you're headed is interpreting the results. And this is also a place where you could get some help. But um, keep in mind that the first journey map that you produce, whether you're producing it uh, more organically with your team internally, or whether you've hired expensive consultants to, uh, to do it for you, um, the first journey map that you produce will most likely be a current state journey map that gives you insights into what's going on now and what has been going on up until now. In a current state journey map, uh, problem areas where people are indicating a bad experience uh, uh, that points to opportunities for your organization to consider how to fix something or do something better or have a discussion about a different approach that, you know, uh, you can stop annoying people or putting them off or even scaring them. Um, in my prior role as Vice President of Customer Experience, I hired a team of very well-respected CX researchers and, uh, and consultants. And one of our first consultations, it, it was interesting, one of the first pieces of advice that they gave us, and this was expensive advice, I might add, is that they, they offered up uh, that when we figure out what it is that we're doing to bug people, we should stop doing that. Uh, and while that seems like fairly simple and straightforward advice, uh, even from expensive consultants, um, for some organizations, that's much easier said than done. You know, stopping it, stopping whatever you're doing that bugs people, uh, that might require revamping record systems um, or well-established workflows where maybe there's some form of regulatory compliance involved. Um, while it sounds pretty simple that you should just stop doing something that's bugging people, it, uh, it can actually uncover a much bigger problem and potentially years worth of work that you need to solve. It depends upon the complexity of your organization. And keep in mind that this 
current state journey map also is going to lead to another subject um, that we'll address in a future podcast, and that would be the difference between a current state journey map and then a future state journey map, which the future state is about what you would desire to move towards. But the beginning point for almost everyone who gets into journey mapping work is uh, the first deliverable is a current state journey map. And I'll tell you, I've had the, the pleasure to deliver a current state journey map to an organization, to an executive team that had never seen one before. And it really kind of stopped the conversation in a very positive way. It was a different view, a different lens on what was going on with the people that we were trying to serve. And it really changed um, several points of the dialogue we were having internally. It was fascinating. Never forget it. And so while many efforts at journey mapping will expose some problem areas, what's really interesting is that you don't want to get stuck just on the negative because it's also just as important or maybe even more important sometimes to uh, to gain a better understanding from a journey map about what's being done that makes people happy we're talking about lower stress and good feelings because that's where you want to try and do more and I'll tell you what big business which which invented this um, this practice and methodology of customer experience work uh, big business understands that when you're making customers happy you take that opportunity to sell more you upgrade someone to a monthly service subscription you upsell cross-sell whatever is the goal of the business to drive profitability and revenue that's where they do it where where they know that they are making people happy and so uh, that's one of the most valuable valuable insights and findings from a journey map is uh, you learn not only where people are unhappy, but you learn where people are happy, and so you can take action accordingly. Uh, but, uh, but social impact and nonprofits, interestingly enough, I think they have just as powerful of an opportunity to take advantage of positive journey map findings. When you make people the most happy, that's where you can try to help more. You can introduce other services that really might fill an even greater need. You can introduce new forms of assistance that could provide real value to whomever it is that you're you're working to serve. When you delight people and you make them comfortable, you provide a good feeling, there's really an opportunity to make a greater impact. And uh, that is one of the most important experiences I've had as a customer experience professional working in a nonprofit and social impact environment. If you make people happy someplace along the way, that's where you want to act. It's not just about solving problems. Solving problems is really important, but where you're able to connect with someone and provide a positive experience, you have an opportunity to provide more positive experiences and to help more. So one of the less talked about implications of journey map work, I think this is really interesting, is that for many of us, those negatives that will come out it's pretty hard to fix the negatives. Not everyone, uh, depends upon your scenario and what you're working on. Uh, you know, not everyone likes going to the doctor. If, so if you're working in the healthcare sector, that just kind of is what it is. Um, people don't like filling out forms and paperwork that actually may very much be to their benefit. Uh, you know, I worked in the education sector. No one likes taking a standardized test. But if you understand where you're making that same person happy, a person who doesn't like filling out the forms or going to the doctor or taking a standardized test, that same individual, um, um, when they're doing something that they don't like, if you can do something where you know that you're making them happy, um, you can then even be more helpful to them. Uh, and so you can figure out how to do more at that time and place in the journey where you know that they're open to you providing more help 
And that's what impact is all about. Because if you know they're happy from the data that is creating a visual picture in a current state journey map, well then now you have a new insight and an understanding of an opportunity to make a bigger impact and to better achieve your mission and ultimately help someone who really needs the help. And that's what Social Impact CX is all about. And that's why journey maps are important, so important to better understand not only customers, but also beneficiaries, clients, students, members, patients, and anyone else who, who needs help. And that's why so many of us are doing the work that, um, that we're doing. Uh, so there is so much more that we could be talking about related to uh, journey map work, and I, I hope that we'll have the opportunity to uh, have uh, further discussions in the future, but hopefully that gets the ball rolling if you're new to the world of journey map work. As I've said before, Social Impact CX is also intended to become an interactive forum, a place to stir conversation, answer questions, provide some context, definitions, hopefully achieve a better understanding of customer experience work. And so what questions do you have about this all-important subject about journey maps or defining any other element of the world of customer experience work? You can ask a question at Social Impact CX a couple different ways. First, you can send an email to comment at socialimpactcx.com. That's C-O-M-M-E-N-T at S-O-C-I-A-L-I-M-P-A-C-T-C-X.com. You can also find us on Twitter and post a question there. Our Twitter handle is Social Impact CX, and please follow us on Twitter to stay up to date with new podcasts and other related content. You can also find me on Twitter at the handle John F. Corrigan. Feel free to connect with me there. Or if you're listening to this podcast via YouTube, feel free to post a question in the comments section and we'll do our best to catch you there. While at YouTube also, please subscribe to the Social Impact CX channel. And there's also a new website at socialimpactcx.com and you can check out, uh, you can check that out as well. It has links to everything that I just covered. This is John Corrigan reminding you that, especially in social impact work, it's important to understand that your mission is really all about someone else's journey. And the more you know about someone's journey, the more you can help. Thanks for listening to Social Impact CX.